We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 53rd ever and show one of year two of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. Well, it's been a memorable first year, and we expect an even more exciting year, too, as today I broadcast live from New York City, where I am covering the NFL Draft at Radio City Music Hall. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week, as well as discuss my event of the week, the aforementioned NFL Draft. In 15 minutes, I will welcome A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine to discuss the record number of Alabama picks at last night's draft. And in a half an hour, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Well, my highlight of the week, no surprise, is the draft last night and the absolute record number of trades that took place. It was amazing to be in the room at Radio City. Uh, the number of trades made it so exhilarating in a year when the first and second pick had been known for a number of weeks, uh, Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin III. So, uh, knowing the first two picks, uh, from there, lots and lots of excitement ensued. The place was going crazy needless to say, and this is a direct result of the uh, new collective bargaining agreement where they have uh, regulated how much draft picks are paid, which for the first time ever allowed teams to trade up, and no better evidence of that than uh, the New England Patriots. As my listeners know, I'm an 18-year season ticket holder and live 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium, uh, season ticket holder with the Pats, and last night they... Uh, broke with tradition and number one traded up 
to get their first two picks. And just as importantly, uh, they drafted a defensive end and a pass rushing linebacker. And this is the draft that Patriot fans have been waiting for for since, since the last Super Bowl back in uh, 04, 05. Um, defensive help of the pass rush variety. And uh, Bill Belichick delivered last night big time. Like I said, traded up to get those picks. Uh, so really just stunned everybody. And again, dream draft for those in Patriots land. So sticking with football, but going back uh, to college football, my low light uh, of the week um, is actually the, my bizarre item of the week, I should say, is, uh, is the new Arkansas head coach, John L. Smith, leaving his position as football coach at his alma mater, Weber State, after just 10 months to take the Arkansas job that opened up after the Bobby Petrino debacle. Uh, Smith was on Petrino's staff, and then again, 10 months ago, took the Weber State job. He is an alumnus of that college, and uh, then reverse field, and uh, just this week, took the job replacing Petrino, and it looks like... Uh, uh, jumping jobs is is part of the Arkansas way of doing things, given uh, given how Petrino bolted the Falcons a few years back. Now, my low light of the week is the uh, racist tweet storm that occurred after uh, Joel Ward of the Washington Capitals beat the Bruins in Game Seven in Boston on Wednesday night, and. Uh, Ward is uh, one of the few African-American players in the NHL, and uh, apparently it just ignited a tweeting firestorm, been getting lots of coverage, and uh, on the surface appears to be a, uh, another black eye for Boston and its uh, racial history, and having lived in Boston for the past couple of decades, uh, yeah, I can say that that, that, that story is just old news, and... Uh, and it was just a shame to see everybody, and I mean everybody, has come out against this, uh, against these tweeters. And uh, it was just simply sad to see uh, as the conclusion to what was a great game. And uh, the defending cup champs are out, and the Capitals have finally broken through on their uh, playoff frustrations of past years. And uh, good luck to them going forward. So now on to uh, more detail with my event of the week that I covered, which again was the NFL draft at uh, Radio City Music Hall. Um, it was absolutely electric there again last night, uh, as it was last year. This is the second draft that I've covered. Um, started out with the red carpet. Uh, right in front of Radio City Music Hall on 6th Avenue in Midtown Manhattan. And the NFL, like it does with everything, certainly does this upright. Um, it was, you know, a, a tremendous mix of uh, former and future players. Uh, some of the people on some of the people on the red carpet included uh, Mark Barron from Alabama, RG3, 
Andrew Luck, Barry Sanders, Hall of Famer, was there. Trent Richardson, Matt Khalil, Willie Brown of the Oakland Raiders, another Hall of Fame, was there. Uh, Hall of Famer, Draco Patrick, Morris Claiborne, Dante Hightower, um, Ryan Tannehill, Troy Brown was there, uh, formerly of the Patriots. And they all stopped uh, again with uh, a real Hollywood atmosphere, red carpet stretching along 6th Avenue between 50th and 51st, I believe. And, uh, yeah, just a tremendous atmosphere. They all stopped along the way to uh, give interviews with the gigantic media throng that was there. And uh, this got going around 6 o'clock, went to about 7.15, 7.30. And then it was inside. Uh for the draft, and let me just uh, add as a footnote that y- you know the crowd, people walking by in uh, Midtown Manhattan, um, is just on every street corner around Radio City, absolutely electric. Uh, people who, people in everybody's team uniforms, many people who don't know exactly what's going on, just maybe walking to or from work, and yet they see this gigantic production, and uh, obviously they stop. So just a tremendous, tremendous atmosphere, spotlights, uh, just the whole bit, limos, you name it, and uh, just really, truly something to behold. So as I said, it was uh, moved inside around 7.15, 7.30, where it was uh, further electricity. Inside were the people who had tickets to the draft in addition to uh, a gigantic media horde and, of course, representatives of all the teams. Uh, uh, the, the fans that are in there are the hardest core of the hardcore. Uh, they are dressed uh, in ways beyond even what you might see at the stadium on a Sunday afternoon. It's just uh, incredible. Again, these people are just so into it. They're loud. Giants and Jets fans, of course, being well-known Philadelphia Eagles fans as well, since it's such a close drive from Philly to New York. And uh, But representatives, fans, what have you, of every team are there in their jerseys and much, much more. And it is really, truly a uh, tremendous sight to uh, watch. Uh, the noise, the electricity, inside Radio City, it's almost like a movie. There is just simply so much going on with, uh, you know, all the visuals and NFL Network and ESPN with their gigantic stages smack in the middle of uh, the seating area of Radio City. Um, there's vendors outside, NFL partners, what have you. Uh, they're selling memorabilia. Um, it's just an absolutely incredible uh, atmosphere, so so much fun, and just something that, uh, you know, I've had the good fortune to attend uh, for my second year, and absolutely uh, love it. The highlight of the night for me was really uh, Robert Griffin III. Um, I went down to his press conference afterwards. Uh, and he just, in my mind, stole the show. Uh, he may take it to the next level of quarterbacking with his unique skills and speed, but uh, he absolutely is capable of taking it to the next level on simply personality, 
and dealing with the media. He gave great answers. Uh, you know, when he, he really gets it, when he was done, he took numerous pictures with uh, military people who were in the press conference area. Uh, and by the way, as the NFL loves to do, uh, which is terrific, military people everywhere. In fact, I sat right beside, right in front of a whole row of soldiers last night. And uh, so RG3, again, just tremendous, gracious, good interview, gets it, gives good answers, just couldn't have been more impressed. Uh, his father was there, so it was just really, uh, you know, tremendous atmosphere. Andrew Luck was also good. I sat in on his press conference as well, and he was, uh, he was just terrific. Uh, from the moment he walked on the stage as the number one pick, to the moment he exited the press conference, probably a good 40 minutes after his name was announced, absolute ear-to-ear -ear smile. So it was just terrific to see, truly one happy guy, and uh, just fabulous. And as a footnote, and as a lead-in to our guest uh, after the break, Alabama coach of uh, Nick Saban, coach of the national champions, I might add, uh, was there, and uh, there was a lot of media crowded around him in the interview room. He was up on the stage as well. As his players were introduced, there was a record number of five Alabama players taken in the first round. So with that said, uh, it's time for our break, and on the other side, we will have friend of the show, A.P. Stedham from Bama Magazine. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And joining us on the show now is old friend A.P. Stedham from Bama Magazine. And welcome, A.P. How are you doing today? Oh, good afternoon, John. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, thank you for joining us. I think it's uh, the third time now you have... Uh, been a guest here on the show, and we always love having you on. And uh, let me correct something I said right off the bat at the end of the first segment. I said that Alabama had five first-round picks last night, when indeed there were four, again, uh, tying a record number. So, AP, uh, yet another big night for Bama. You guys are on a roll. You know, uh, John, they tied that school record, and it's an FCC record they share with Auburn when they had that great backfield of Cornell Williams and Ronnie Brown and the quarterback uh, who went to the Redskins, and LSU also had four. So, yeah, it was a stellar night. I mean, they were hoping for five, but, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great night for the people in Alabama, and Nick Saban was there, and he was smiling from ear to ear, which you don't see very often, so he was he was happy, and... Uh, he was like One a proud father. Said, excuse me. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. He was like a proud father. Yes, sir. Correct. That's right. He sure was. He, and, John, he mentioned something I thought was kind of interesting. He talked about, you know, he's seen many talented players, but not every talented player will, you know, persevere through all the hardships and try to make improvements through their college career to to be waltzing on the stage, you know, to shake Roger Goodell's hand as a number one draft choice. So I thought that was a significant comment that he made. He praised those those young men of Alabama. Yes, well, you know, he was up on the stage, obviously, with uh, as his players were being picked and meeting the commissioner, and then uh, and then, of course, he came down to the media interview area where he was basically mobbed by the media, myself included, (laughs) and he was great. You know, uh, I used to work in West Virginia at a newspaper back in the day, and uh, that's where Nick Saban grew up. So uh, I'm a pretty, not far from where I worked, actually, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm a pretty big fan. So it was nice to, uh, but first time for me that I had the opportunity to be part of a media gathering interviewing him. So uh, I was pretty impressed. Yeah, he's building quite a dynasty at Alabama, uh, John. One thing I did before the draft this year, John, I was trying to get these figures. Uh, the first round, uh, the total number of first round draft, cheese, draft choices on the opening day roster of 2011 for every team. That's a statistic that not even the league office has. But I was okay. able to gather all that information from every, every team replied. And just to give you a, a, a sample, Alabama had eight first-round draft choices this last two years. How many first-round draft choices were on the opening day roster for the New York Giants, Super Bowl-winning Giants? Take a guess. Three. Six. Oh, my. So that just wow. gives you – I mean, the New York Giants had six, and let's say the Indianapolis Colts, they had 13. Oh, my gosh. 
Right. That's inc- that, 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 that's a starting lineup. Right. Starting right. Offense so or defense there. Right. So in other words, they not necessarily drafted by that original team, but that's the total on opening day, the 2011. So I thought that was uh, a significant variation for the team who won the Super Bowl and the team who really struggled. Absolutely. Um, Well, maybe some of that uh, winning tradition will rub off there. Uh, Needless to say, much need, much needed. well, you know, the star really to me last night of, of generally the red carpet, and as it turned out to me, the draft, given that we all knew who the first two picks would be, the buzz was clearly around Trent Richardson, no surprise. I think he is a uh, unique player and someone who will be an instant impact player, i.e. Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson type of running back, uh, obviously the Cleveland Browns traded up one position to be sure they could get him at the number three pick. Uh, I know you've covered Trent. Uh, what are your thoughts on his future for the, in the NFL? Yeah, John, he, you know, the Cleveland Browns, I guess they were 28th in rushing last year, so he'll, he'll provide some, you know, an instant positive situation there with the running game. And uh, I'll tell you a little story. The first time I met Trent was on the sidelines at a Foley High School jam breed. That's in Alabama. That's where Julio Jones played. He came over to see Julio that afternoon. And I said to myself, what NFL, what NFL team does he play for at this moment? Because he had an NFL body way back when he was 17 years old. He's a Florida weightlifting champion. Uh, right. But another significant thing about Trent, you know, when he was a freshman or a sophomore, he had some problems with his ankles. He had to have surgery, and he had this terrible bow-legged problem that he should have had done when he was very young, but due to financial circumstances of his family, he couldn't. So here's a young man he had problems with his legs, ends up the number one uh, running back in the draft in 2012. Amazing, amazing. Uh, standing literally right beside him on the red carpet uh, and, again, being part of the Alabama contingent of the overall media throng on the red carpet, uh, I was surprised he's not very tall. He's, he's yeah. really, you know, about, what, 5'8", uh, maybe 5'9"? Yeah, I think they maybe list him 5'9 5'10 or so, but some places they list him, list him at 5'10 half. but... Another thing, John, he played for the same high school as Emmett Smith and the same coach. Oh, wow. I, uh, Jimmy I Nichols, didn't realize I, that. I spoke to Coach Nichols the other day, and he told me that Trent was bigger and faster than Emmett Smith, but Emmett had better vision. So that's quite a compliment. The ultimate compliment, to say the least. Uh, Emmett Smith, again, Hall of Famer and, uh, and a true champion as well. Um, so what are your thoughts on uh, going through the other three Alabama first-round picks? What, uh, how do you see their future in the, uh, in the league? Yeah, Mark Barron, there was a need there at Tampa Bay. He's a big, strong safety, uh, John. He, he was a linebacker when he was in high school. And if you know anything about Nick Saban's defenses, they're very complex. Well, two years out of, after he came out of high school, he was an all-SEC performer as a sophomore and third-team Associated Press All-American, and he went on to have two more All-American years. So, to number one, he has toughness, and he has you know the ability to, you know, good football IQ, to to grasp all these complex defenses. I've heard many of the Alabama players say when they get to the NFL, the playbook is about uh, half the size at Alabama. The defensive playbook. Wow. Yeah, and that's so amazing. Has, you know, he has good length. 
He can. He has good coverage skills. Definitely a hitter. Good solid hitter. And I think he'll do well with with Tampa Bay or any other team that would have drafted him. Uh, he, he's a leader. He you know called the signals for Alabama back there. Not not very not real loud or but he he gets the job done. And, All right. Uh, uh, okay. Then we have the when we other the other gentleman drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Dre Kirkpatrick, a cornerback. He, yep. He's a row about six one or so. And the the issue with him, they kept saying maybe the arms were slightly on the short side, but he's taller than most cornerbacks to begin with. They have the vertical jump of thirty five inches. You know, he's long and angular. Can he has good press coverage skills. Excellent in the zone. He, he was more physical this year, John, in his play. Okay. Displayed some physicality, and and I think Dre, he's a uh, his high school coach told me one time they were playing a, a strong opponent, and he came to the high school coach and said, "Coach, don't worry about anything tonight. It's all on me. Just relax. We'll take care of it." Well, he returned the kickoff, couple interceptions, a lot of tackles, end up winning the game. So he's not one who's shy, and you know he's slightly flamboyant, most flamboyant of all those Alabama guys this year, I would say. But he's not one to uh, uh, back away from any challenge, which which you need yes. as a cornerback. Right. Well, he was a big per- he was a big presence last night, uh, talking up with the media. Uh, big time, and of course, flamboyant is the word. He was wearing a pink polka dot tie, and uh, and yeah, he, he just stood out among what was the largest collection ever of potential draft picks uh, on site at Radio City. There was 26 there last night, So, uh, but yet it was uh, Dre who stood out far and above all of them with uh, both his personality and his look. He sure did. Dre has always, but we've always had a pretty good relationship, Dre and I, and I've really enjoyed covering him and look forward to his career with Cincinnati. But uh, then the other gentleman, uh, John Stante Hightower, big, strong linebacker, fills the gaps, can put his hand on the ground, rush the passer from the edge or the middle. Uh, interesting story about his high school. Uh, he played some running back. He only touched the ball 77 times. He played the slot receiver, believe it or not, in the spread offense, too. Touched it 77 times, had 19 touchdowns one year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's an unbelievable percentage. Yeah. That's, that's like 30%. Yeah, he's an un- unbelievable percentage. And uh, I was astounded to find out that I, I didn't, hadn't realized that covering Dante all this time. I just didn't figure him as an offensive player. He's such a big, dominating physical defensive player but sure. uh, you know he, he was a good leader calls the signals on you know that front seven for alabama it's his first game he had an interception if i remember against virginia tech came right out of the blocks with an outstanding play had some injury with his knee came back didn't perform as well he was kind of you know he was a little bit ginger concerning his knee in the anterior part of the defense but he played much better this year and i think he's overcome that um Psychological, you know, impairment that you might have after an injury. So he, uh, he's he's a good, good, strong, tough football player, which you're familiar with. Uh, Bill Belichick, that's the type that he he uh, pursues. Absolutely, and knowing that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are close, uh, Nick Saban was an assistant under Belichick when Belichick uh, coached the Browns in the late '90s, and. Uh, so yeah, so I'm guessing that you know 
Nick gave Bill everything he needed to know about Hightower, so strongly endorsed, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. You know, when Belichick comes down to Alabama, he talks so much football, they don't even go out to dinner. They order in. Is that right? Oh, Nick Saban, he was asked that question recently, and he's Love it. That, that sly smile came to his face and said, I guess you don't know Bill Belichick. When he's around, we don't go out to dinner. We order out. <laughs> That's great. To us. I love that. Yeah. Well, AP, you said something to me last night that uh, immediately grabbed me, and I got the feeling it's going to stick with me for many months, if not more, which was simply uh, when we were talking about the success of Alabama two national championships in the last three years, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that you said with sincerity, John, they're loaded again. It's incredible uh, when you look at every position. I I can't recall Alabama having a pro player at, I think, every position in the future coming up here, John, in the next few years. You know, I'm not too good at judging maybe kickers or punters, but... uh, you know, offensive linemen, they've got two guys bookend six 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 seven. They have a the Outland Trophy Center Outland Trophy uh, winner last year. He was a guard initially last year. He had to play some left tackle. Well, they're going to have him playing center this year, and uh, so that that gives you an indication of how talented the offensive line should be. It might be the best offensive line they've ever had at Alabama. Wow. They have some big tight ends with pro potential and another Trent. Richardson type running back and Eddie Lacy, slightly Eddie Lacy. smaller and, okay. and a little bit more uh, jitter, jittery moves. And uh, you know they got some young wide receivers and AJ McCarron. I mean, they were questioning him before the championship game. Why? Well, I, I guess he did fairly well. He was the most valuable offensive player as a redshirt sophomore led his team to the national championship. So he's got some size and the ability to you know throw some passes. So. And on defense, of course, he's always going to have defensive linemen. He's got Jesse Williams from Australia with a junior college transfer. Uh, he's got a C.J. Mosley, linebacker, tackling machine. Robert Lester, All-American safety, two years ago, did, didn't you know? Had led the SEC in, in uh, interceptions, retired. He didn't have any too many last year, but he's six foot two, two ten. They got some junior college cornerbacks. You know, uh, D. D. Milner's there from a couple years now. So, like I say, they are just loaded, and I'll just stand by that statement until somebody, you know, they prove me wrong. Wow. Well, good for you because I know uh, you're going to get to cover them. uh, And, you know, what will be probably another national championship run. And uh, that is terrific. Well, AP, I got the feeling we're not going to have to wait very long for Courtney Upshaw to be drafted tonight. You and I will both be there yet again uh, and looking forward to it as well. Uh, I think he'll go very quickly. I think so, too, and they'll get a motivated player. Here's a, something about Courtney. You know, when he was in high school, John, he they had to convince him to play football because he really liked baseball. But his junior hmm. and senior year, he came on, performed well, and he was even on the special teams. Even when he was a star, he told the coach, I'll play special teams. He came to Alabama. He wanted to get on the field. He played special teams. He steadily developed through the course of the next three years, had a key game-clinching fumble recovery <laughs> against Texas and Pasadena to, to seal the victory for Alabama. The next two bowl games, he's most outstanding defensive player. Wow. 
So I mean, he, that's a, been a steady climb for him. So maybe that maybe that's going to uh, be the same thing in the NFL. He he didn't get drafted in the first round, but he'll be drafted by somebody. He's motivated, hungry, and maybe you'll see that improvement from year to year, and he'll end up one of the top players. You, you never can tell, but that that's been his history. Huh? Interesting that he slipped. Were you, were you surprised? You would know. I think I was. I really was. People I talked to, they said they had no qualms in, in drafting him he, because he's such a productive player. But I don't know. Maybe the you know the detail, the tape got a hold of people, or the that combine. I don't know. But all I can say is when you watch the film and the teams they played against, and in big games, he was outstanding. Good to know. Like I said. Uh, draft begins tonight at 7 Eastern Time. I got the feeling uh, he'll be gone by 7.15 or so Eastern Time. <laughs> and, uh, well, AP, I just want to thank you again for coming on and enlightening all of us. I absolutely love, uh, as with your previous two appearances, but even more so today, uh, you know, the little-known facts, if you will, the the kind of, you know, Stories that tell what made the man, shall we say, of these players growing up and becoming part of a championship tradition at Alabama and, uh, you know, what's behind all that. I, I, personally, it's my favorite thing in sports. I find it all very fascinating. Uh, again, what makes the man? And uh, you provide fabulous insight into these guys. So much appreciated, and I'll look forward to seeing you in a few hours at Radio City Music Hall. Thank you, John. You're very generous. I look forward to seeing you tonight. All right, AP. Thanks again for calling in. And now we're going to take our break. And joining us on the other side will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. On the line with us now, as every week, is uh, our call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, I'm dying to get your thoughts on last night's first round of the NFL draft that I attended. Well, um, the, the thing that strikes me, the strikes me the most about the draft is how quick the first round went. I mean, that was pretty stunning. I mean, we're used to seeing, you know, a four-hour, you know, first round. And it was, uh, I think the whole thing was done in about three hours, which was absolutely stunning to me. Um, exactly, you know, not that much three time hours. Between picks. Yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's probably made for a nice evening, a nice, nice quick, uh, quick, fun evening uh, for you and all the other people in town. Um, you know, a couple things that, that kind of jumped out at me. I thought that the... Um, I thought the Vikings did very well with what they did. I mean, they, you know, making that trade, getting those additional picks, and still getting the guy they wanted, uh, Matt Khalil, the big tackle from, from USC. I thought they did well. Uh, the Browns, you know, were kind of ripped in some places for getting all those picks, but their man in Trent Richardson, I, I think he's going to be a very good NFL player. He's got all the makeup, and, you know, he's, uh, I, I think he's going to be a real, real nice player. Uh, the Browns, so I think we're still smarting from the, uh, uh, Peyton Hillis debacle of a year ago, and uh, and I think the Cowboys making a lot a lot of noise last night, trading up to get Morris Claiborne, uh, you know, filling a big need for them. Uh, you know, that's a guy who can kind of turn that secondary around in a hurry. Let's face it, that was a big problem for them last year. So I, I think those three things were the things that, that, that kind of you know had the very quick uh, takeaways from from what I saw in the NFL draft last night. Yes. Uh... I, I, I think it was just amazing to see like all the trades again in a year in which the first two picks were widely known well in advance of the draft, i.e., didn't know what to expect and thought uh, you know thought the drama had sort of been taken out of it right off the bat. Well, it couldn't have been further from the truth. Uh, last night, I can only compare it with last year, and of course, I've watched every other you know that I attended, and then every other year I've watched on TV, but. The atmosphere inside Radio City was absolutely electric. Record number of trades, teams trading up, specifically the Patriots, but lots of people doing it. And uh, it just made for a tremendous atmosphere of, you know, drama and, you know, just the feeling that anything was possible. And what, as each team came up, you know, what are they going to do? And are we looking at trades? It was really uh, remarkable to witness really fun uh and what i'm guessing is probably going to become the new standard in the nfl since obviously this is a direct result of the cba the new cba where draft picks or uh salaries are slotted according to when they're drafted so there's no longer uh you know when you're moving up you're no longer looking at paying many extra millions of dollars necessarily for a higher pick you know what you're going to pay Right. You know, I, I do think that's a big factor. And, you know, you, it takes a lot of the, 
you know, the, the off the field drama away, which which is which in, in that case is a good thing. I mean, we all like to see see drama in sports, which is the reason why we're all sports fans. The reason why we watch sports. But you know, anytime you can lessen the impact of the off the field uh, salary discussions, uh, you know, for for the general public, uh, that that. Uh, that's always a good thing. And so and the, the NFL draft is always good theater. And, and the other and the other thing that kind of comes to mind, too, is that, you know, you read about uh, read about and talk about all these mock drafts and all these different, you know, people do, all the experts, all the non-experts, all the wannabe experts. And, you know, when you have an, when you have a situation like that, like last night, we had all those trades and all the moving around. It shoots all those mock drafts and goes straight to hell. So you never really know what's going to happen until, until it actually does. So that, that, that just adds to the fun of the drama, too, I think. Yeah, and Barry, what makes the NFL, to me, completely unique off the field? Uh, the on-field product speaks for itself. But why it's America's pastime is simply that you get a sense of things that might happen, but then they're always better than you even expect. And I mean what I mean by that. You, know, you knew when the lockout ended there was going to be a free agent frenzy, yet it exceeded all of our wildest expectations. And you and yeah. I literally were calling it, you know, among the best week or two in, in literally sports journalism history. Mm-hmm. Well, last night it happened again. You know, with all the mock drafts, I didn't hear anybody saying, uh, oh, by the way, there are going to be a record number of trades in the first round and teams are going to be trading up, including teams like the Patriots that you would never expect to do so. And yet, that's exactly what happened. And uh, again, that just elevated the sense of drama because it was again so unexpected to me I, I don't know if you heard i don't know if you were expecting it but nobody in inside radio city seemed to be expecting it uh, you know pick after pick after pick it was crazy right you know and not and no you you don't really really project those types of things happen. i don't think anybody really does you know i i always believe that you know when you talk about training any sport not just football but in any sport Whenever you talk about trade rumors and things like that, it's always the trades that come out of nowhere that shock you or always and normally those are the way trades go down. It's it's very rarely something that's been rumored for a long time, it seems. It's always the, the trade that I can't believe this team got this guy. You know you didn't hear anything about this guy being a you you know this guy was on the trade block. So those are the trades that usually get made and the trades that usually our interest because the only other things for your rumor to happen and the sources and all this and a lot of times those are the ones that just kind of fall fall beyond the wayside or, or the ones that don't pan out or fall through at the last second but it's the ones that you don't expect are the ones that always make news if that makes sense so yeah I mean you, you always do have those types of transactions and, that, and that's what makes it all fun and you know you have the excitement and the electricity and the atmosphere of the draft which is on a high level to begin with, and then you have all these unexpected wrinkles kind of tossed in, and, and that makes a big, makes a big difference. That makes it even better. So, yeah, I, I agree with your assessment that it was better than expected because, you know, when you have these unexpected things thrown in, it just, it just adds to it. And I, I thought it was tremendous. I completely agree with you. Well, it was. It was really, you know, again, the NFL always delivers. There's just no other way to say it. And uh, that's what makes it great, off both off the field and on the field, and why it's year-round. But, uh, Barry, we need to get to uh, 
some NHL and some NBA, uh, NHL playoffs off the charts, NBA playoffs begin this weekend, but why don't we take our break first and when we come back, we'll talk a little hockey and a little basketball. Sure. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line without the, with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, I watched the Bruins lose, uh, watched on TV when the Bruins lost Game 7 in overtime to the Washington Capitals on Wednesday night. And rather than stick around for the uh, fellowship of the miserable up there, which I'm sure was uh, going to unfold big time. I, I was lucky enough to be able to get in my car, drive to the greater New York metropolitan area, and during the draft last night, two New York teams, the Rangers and the Devils, both won Game 7s. I didn't see either because I was at Radio City, but... Uh, the energy in the city was electric, uh, especially with the Rangers playing a Game 7 at the Garden, a rare event. Yeah, um, it's been a long time since there's been a uh, Game 7 uh, at the Garden. In fact, I believe the last Game 7 uh, for either the Knicks or the Rangers was in 1995. It was uh, Game 7 of the uh, of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals between the Knicks and the Pacers, game I actually covered. So, yeah, so it's been a long time. Uh, since since uh, since that event, 
And, you know, we, we talked about it briefly off the air, and we've spoken about it before uh, during this program. Uh, that, uh, and I think we both agree on this. There, there is no better, better spectacle in sports than a Stanley Cup playoff overtime game, especially in the game seven. And we, we had a, we've had a, a bunch of them already. Um, you know, the NHL setting a record in the first round of the playoffs. I believe there were, I think, I think you said there were 14 uh, overtime games in the first round of the NHL playoffs. That's never happened before. And what great theater, what great drama, uh, you know, to have a game seven. Uh, at Madison Square Garden, you know what? What, what, a, what a showcase! And, it was, and that game last night between the Rangers and the Senators really lived up, lived up to everything. Uh, the Rangers coming out on top, uh, just a just a tremendous, uh, tremendous event. And the Devils uh, having to go to double overtime uh, on the road to uh, to prevail over the Panthers and go to the next round. So uh, you know, it's it, it's a great time for for sports uh, in New York. You know, you can talk about. Uh, the legions uh, of the miserable in Boston, you know, between the between the Bruins going out and between uh, you know all the all the bad bad wins around Bobby Valentine and the Red Sox. You come down to New York, you got uh, you know number one, you have the NFL Draft, which is a tremendous event. You have the uh, Rangers and the Devils both advancing to the next round of the playoffs. You have the Knicks in the NBA uh, playoffs. Uh, you know, get the Miami Heat. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you have and you have. Uh, Justin Verlander pitching uh, for the Tigers tonight against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. So, uh, you know, I, I, I guess you could say that New York is kind of the uh, epicenter of the uh, sports universe right now, and uh, there's no better place to be right now for all of that. So, uh, uh, you know, and the thing about the NHL playoffs, which really is intriguing, too, is, you know, for the past two weeks, these guys have been beating each other's brains in, right? Then Game 7 comes, you know, you don't know which way it's going to go, then the game ends. You shake hands with one of the great, um, one of the great traditions of sports at the end of the, of the Stanley Cup playoff round, where the players do shake hands and congratulate themselves. And then two days later, you're back at it against another team. So there's there's, there's no time to reflect. There's no time to really get ready. I mean, the Rangers and Caps are going to be at it in Game One uh, Saturday afternoon. You know, not even 48 hours after. So uh, you know, so it, it, it just. They turn the page quick, move on, and uh, and that's the way it works. But it's, it's great theater. It's it's, it's it's so much fun. Uh, I love I love playoff hockey. And uh, again, New York, kind of the the middle of the sports universe right now. It's uh, it's a terrific time. Absolutely, uh, you and I again total agreement. Uh, it is the best thing in sports. I have seen the light on the NHL playoffs, especially when it gets to uh, an overtime game. Uh, I was at Bruins practice on Tuesday, the day before the Game 7 loss, and I'm going to miss going there. I mean, this Bruins team, uh, uh, I'm still a little bit in shock They're not, the, the season is over. They're, they did not defend their Stanley Cup championship, uh, in fact, out in the first round. A pretty common occurrence. Uh, I, could, I couldn't help but draw the parallel that, you, you know, not only... Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Stanley Cup champions not repeating and, in fact, going out in the first round uh, at a very uh, high percentage uh, in recent years, seven of the last nine years, I believe. Uh, but, you know, no small coincidence, the Vancouver Canucks, who had the best seat record uh, during the regular season, the President's Cup winners, uh, they were out in the first round. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
sitting here now with the season over on April whatever, 25th for the Bruins in this case, uh, and knowing that last year, living it as it went in well into June, it really does have a, a carryover effect. I think it's just, you can't question that. It, it's, it's such a huge difference. Um, yeah, and it, it, I, totally. And the thing, the thing about it too is that it just kind of shows you the, the year to year. You know, the, the just it's dynasties in sports in general. I think are just so rare now because you know, in, in the NFL, obviously, you know, you have free agency, which you know makes it a crapshoot from year to year. Um, you know, you got when you when you're a champion, you know, like the Bruins were last year, you have a target on your back, and you know, it, it's kind of intangible, but there's that much more. But that much more uh, impetus and that much more motivation for the opposition to try to knock you off your perch. And you, know, you come into the you come into the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, second best record in the Eastern Conference. You had a good regular season, and you know, really, there was no reason to think that the Bruins wouldn't have another long run. I mean, they were they were they were playing well. Tim Thomas was looking good. There was really no reason to think that this could happen, but. That's why they play the games. And, you know, we always say that. You know, if we all knew what what, what was going to happen, there was no there'd be no reason to play the game. Crown the champion. On, you, know, you write the winners down the piece of paper. Hey, here's the here you go. Here's the Stanley Cup. So they like, play a game. So that's why they play the games, and that's what makes the playoffs so great uh, in every sport. That you just never know. And you know, normally, uh, you know, especially in the NFL, you know, when you have you know one team playing the game against. Against it's one game. You know, you have a, your quarterback is a bad day. You're in trouble. Uh, it's a little different in basketball. Baseball, you have longer series. Generally, the better teams win. But sometimes the teams that, that have more motivation, the teams that are more physical, the teams that play a hard game, the teams that match up better are the ones who prevail. And listen, you know, the Rangers easily could have gone out last night. The Devils easily could have gone out last night. So you know, you you go through that and. Uh, you really do run the gauntlet every year and every round, every game, every shift. And then that's what makes it so great. So you, you, you appreciate that and you appreciate the times that you win because, you know, a lot of times younger guys, when they come up in any sport, you know, they'll win a champ, they'll be fortunate enough to win a championship and they'll, they'll think it's easy. Like, hey, we'll just do this again next year and the next year and the next year. And then you have these veteran guys say, yeah, don't, don't, you should really bite your tongue. Don't speak too quickly because, you know, a lot of times it takes a long time to get back to that level. And, you know, one, a lot of these veteran athletes will tell you that you really do appreciate the chances that you do get because you never know when that next chance will come or, or if forever will come. So that's why you have a lot of guys that are very, very thankful and very faithful and very uh, grateful to actually get that championship ring because you never, you never quite know uh, how long it's going to take if it ever happens again for, for you to get back to it. Absolutely. Can never take these things for granted uh, from either a player or a fan perspective. Uh, championships are to be treasured and while they're occurring. And uh, Barry, we're down under two minutes. Hard to believe, but I quickly want to get your take on the NBA playoffs, specifically what I consider the marquee matchup, which is the Knicks and the Heat. Yeah, I, I think it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Certainly, uh, the Knicks fans are going to be jacked up for this because you know, the Knicks uh, haven't uh, haven't uh, had any reason to think uh, that you know, the playoffs would be a good thing for a while. Um, you know, the Heat, obviously, we know what they're about. We know what their strengths are. Um, it's going to be fun. I think I, I I don't think the Knicks can beat the Heat. I think they can 
you know, kind of, you know, rough them around a little bit, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe take it to six. I just don't think they have, they have the guns and all the cylinders firing. I think they're, they're a better team now than they were, uh, under Mike D'Antoni. The players, specifically, uh, Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stadelmeyer seem happier now. Of course, there's no Jeremy Lin. He's out hurt. Uh, Tyson Chandler, uh, was, was brought in for this reason to add, uh, strength in the middle for the postseason. He will help them there. But I, I think the uh, I think the Heat have too much uh, too much talent, uh, too much offense, and uh, I, I don't see see the Knicks really getting over this hump. Not yet. Uh, they're gonna be they're gonna have to build a little more uh, to get back to the point they want. But hey, it's, it's still gonna be a great show, and uh, you know I'm sure the Knicks will win a couple of games and uh, and make it interesting and make it fun. And listen, you know you you know. Despite what I just said, that being said, uh, you get to a game six, you know, you never quite know which way the ball is going to bounce, and then who knows? It could be a, a shot away or, or, or an iron away from the game seven, and then all bets are off. You never know. So um, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. I, I think it'll be very intriguing, uh, and uh, the, the garden will be will certainly be hopping in the next couple of weeks for sure. Oh, no question. You know, uh, just as a final note, uh, I'm guessing the Celtics were – Kind of wish they had home court advantage against the Hawks. The Celtics are playing well, but anyone who remembers uh, the first series of the championship run in 2008 was uh, that's back in the day when the new Celtics big three couldn't win a playoff game on the road. They lost all three in Atlanta and then won all three, four in the Garden. Of course, Game Seven being uh, an absolute blowout against the Hawks. So uh, the Hawks and the Celtics have a history. Uh, again, Celtics playing well, but the Hawks, uh, you know, the Hawks simply, uh, they don't fear them. They know them. And uh, I think that's going to be a series worth watching as well. And Barry, can't believe it. We've come to the end of another show. Uh, needless to say, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is really two things. It's the NFL draft tonight and tomorrow, as well as the beginning of the NBA playoffs and obviously more Stanley Cup hockey. But Barry, thanks for joining us. Thank you, John, as always. Appreciate your insights. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com.